Hello and welcome to the Over Under Achievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Max McCoy. Joining me as always, just heard his groin in the Clippers game. It's Jason Waterfalls. How's that going, buddy? The film better? Who heard their groin in the uh, Clippers game? Bron, were you not watching no. the Clippers-Lakers game? Honestly, I got for say the most interesting part was I feel like Paul George has changed his style vibe. And I was just like really impressed with it. I like it. He feels more professional. And watching the Lakers just implode while I was having a conversation with Ashley. And I was 100% listening to everything she was saying. 100%. <laughs> but I was also very aware of how disruptive emotionally Russell Westbrook looks to be on the Lakers. Yeah, I've I've not watched much of them yet. Uh, last night I was watching Survivor and then The Challenge. So I did not mm-hmm. watch NBA. Um, wow. But yeah, the Lakers have not been high on my priority to watch. And it's kind of sad because I love LeBron, but it just seems like an actual full-on dumpster fire at this point. They are carrying themselves. If you've ever been to like a, a, a sports practice where you know you got to run at the end, you know, like you screwed up. And the coach is like, after, because the coach always does that. They'll be like, after practice, we run till I get tired. And you're just dreading it because you know it's coming. That's what their whole body language is. It's, I mean, I don't really have a dog in the race, but it's kind of hilarious to watch, honestly. Well, really you love LeBron. You're, De- you're a LeBron defender. Your team, no, your no, no. Team, you know what? I'm goat. just a truth seer. Your team goes to LeBron. Seer. I just understand how the wind blows. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's not blowing really well right now over there. Uh, and I, look, we could do a whole thing about like, how they don't have their first pick. Or their uh, first round pick this year, and they're going to be the worst team in the league. It's hilarious, but I just don't think people care. And honestly, I don't think I care. Um, obviously, your groin is good, but is your is your vibe is your heart good? Like you doing well these days? I'm doing very good. What about yourself? I'm up and down on, on gambling. World's evenest gambler. You know, some sometimes I'm up on Saturday, sometimes I'm down on Sundays. Make it back throughout the week. It's just it's just all even right now. I can't tell if you're being humble or if you don't realize that in the podcasting uh, profesh, the way I just served you up a victory lab with Notre Dame, like if you didn't take the spike because you're gentle or because like you don't want to jinx anything. I need one more win. I need one okay. more win. And it is very important. Uh, I need specifically the Navy win to get sure. over two and a half for the four games that Andre bet me for one bet. And then yeah. I think that that's going to be seven wins on the season. So then I'll just need one more to get over uh, seven and a half for the season. And then I'm going to win. My favorite part about that Navy bets. game is this going to be about 27 minutes long because no one's going to throw a pass. <laughs> They're going to run, 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 run. And that game's going to be over in a nice, tight timeline. I enjoy that. Look, I texted you two weeks ago after the – I don't remember who they – they killed somebody. Syracuse. Uh, and, okay, thank you, sir. And I was like, people are talking – and they're saying Notre Dame's a juggernaut. Care to comment? And you wouldn't comment. And you're still not commenting. No, man. They, they lost down Dabo. They, they lost to Marshall at home. I'm not commenting. You know what? We've Once we've been low. Time, we've been low on Clemson all year, and they looked as yeah. bad as we thought that they might against a good. What is now a good? Not great. I said the word good. Notre Dame sure. team. Okay, and Stanford just beat Notre Dame. A couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's, you know what? America lost to Vietnam. You know, we're not still living in that. <laughs> Are we we're leaving that forward. in? <laughs> Honestly, I think most people were like, it was a draw. It was a loss, <laughs> but we're like, it was a draw. <laughs> we're leaving that in. That is, that is, <laughs> that is amazing. It's true though. I, I mean, are, are we talking about the playoff yet? Or are we, are we not there yet? Like you're not, you're not, no. 
for the playoff. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to get your temperature, man. I'm just, ho- I'm just, I'm just hoping to be like in a bowl that's like the Duke Mayo Bowl or the Cheez-Its Bowl, like something that comes with a food, uh, you know, sponsor that that I can sure. build a, a spread around, you know? Yeah, the hot dog relish bowl. That's I think, fine. I, let's, I think you're let's there. Let's do high-end hot dogs. Let's let's have a hot dog tasting. Let's do mini mini wieners. Whatever happened to cocktail wieners? Uh, Those were such a staple I, of my childhood. And now they're not at like, any parties. They're not at any like... Do you think it's because you're calling them cocktail wieners? What do you That's call them? what it is. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not saying there's a great way to, to talk about them, but I feel like cocktail wieners is just a really aggressive, uh, unfortunate phrase. Do you want me words. to say I liked little wieners when I was younger? No. <laughs> was i trying to bait you into that i don't know maybe <laughs> like who i'm just i just i think it was one of those things we all collectively decided i don't think we need either of these words or things together or this idea at all in general what happened to pigs in a blanket man i don't know i enjoy that weren't um, you just talking about that on the podcast we did and it made me um, so hungry when i was when i was editing that and when i was listening back i was just like pigs well, in a blanket you, are delicious if people are upset with the edit, I think you're responsible for the ad. I mean, you know, we collaboratively, I'm not going to hang you out to dry on that. Um, Ashley's, uh, it's actually, she clarified her grandfather has a very objectionable name for uh, uh, pigs in a blanket. Yeah. And you were the one responsible for giving him cover, uh, even though he's no longer with us um, in the afterlife. He still has that coverage. So people don't know what he calls. It's a very objectionable phrase i just word, liked i don't like i it. just liked bleeping it especially because then jamie like like uh somebody jamie aaron said circumcised so then it's like what was yep. said that that is the next comment what in the name of god was discussed in uh the, the previous bleeping i just uh yeah man i just i'm really impressed with notre dame because how it started not good it started well hold on it started pretty good it started really good they played yes, ohio fair, state fair let's say i was gonna say thick i know you don't like when i say that they i'm just trying to don't. like they didn't play them great did they play them yep. good? I don't even know about that, but they played them. Played them a little veiny, probably, <laughs> I'd say. Them, Most people would. I was going to say hard. Now this has gotten out of control. <laughs> they played them well enough. And then we we're like, okay, this might turn into some kind of a season. And then you lose to Marshall at home. You can't yeah. do that. No, maybe they just seen the Matthew McConaughey movie. Then you lose to Stanford, who might be a terrible team. Yeah, Stanford, I don't know, they're in full coup, like the student body uh, and Stanford, because have you seen this? Like they sat down the tree, like they benched the tree for a little bit, not let them have parties on campus. And it's like, what, what's going on in California? What are y'all doing over there? I don't understand what's going on with your football team. I don't know. College football is in an interesting place. Um, obviously, let's go right into our overreactions and underreaction. Most notably, I, you know, I don't think, I think we talked a lot about the Tennessee-Georgia game. And I think, generally speaking, what happened, it may not have been it, it certainly wasn't what I uh, pictured because I thought it'd be a little closer. Um, it, I'm not really surprised with how the game went. Were you surprised? I really was. Um, uh, you know, it, I am now in a position where I was a couple of years ago with Tom Brady. Don't bet mm-hmm. against Tom Brady, period. Yeah. I'm obviously not on that stance anymore. But that's where I'm at with Georgia football is that I'm not going to bet against them anymore. Period. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if it's the SEC championship game. I don't care if it's the, uh, the the college football playoff. I'm not betting against them. Let me let me let me do a caveat because I think you're you're generally right. Yes, but I want to because I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I agree with you. And the caveat I want to put is um, because I, I do think in terms of spreads and stuff like they can get weird with a Missouri line or something. You know, I think in a big game, everyone's paying attention. And everyone's talking about it. I will not bet against them until they give me a reason to bet against them because it's that class. And I think maybe we talked about it a little bit last week too. It's the, 
Georgia, uh, I, for me, that was a clarifier of, I think Tennessee's doing some really great things. And I think they're in a good place and they have a decent roster and I love their offense. But the difference between being good and like eking out wins over Florida and being good in the SEC versus being one, two, or three in the nation, it's a, it's just a different, you got to level up and they're not there yet. Maybe, I don't know if they'll get there, but Georgia, it was a great reminder. It's, it's just like what they did to Oregon. It is exactly what they did where it's just, this isn't even a conversation. And the fact that you put us in a conversation makes us angry. And now we've done this. And how do you feel about yourself? The fact that it was a million to nothing in the Oregon game to me, Mm. and I think that's a great comparison. It just shows to me that the Tennessee is better that much better than Oregon that this game was 27 13 for me gambling wise would it have been real real nice if Tennessee would have scored just seven more points since I had plus eight and a half yeah that would have been fantastic I know that they were going to lose we couldn't figure out one garbage time touchdown my my brother would like to be very clear that Tennessee won the second half so Uh you know (laughs) <laughs> the, the spin. So we're saying a half victory, like a 0.25 victory. <laughs> that, that, I think that's what they're saying. That's what that's what the streets are saying. But the Georgia defense against, I thought Tennessee really played well on defense. Not great. I think they played pretty well. Their offense, Tennessee's offense against this Georgia defense, they've not played like this all year. So that's got to be credit no. to the Georgia defense. Just straight up. Period. I don't care about neutral sites. I don't care about anything. The Georgia defense won that game. Yeah, you know, and there's some really great uh, the the fortunate part is because so much attention was paid to that game. There's some really great write ups after the game, of like what happened, the diagnosis and stuff. And I think on the athletic, I can't remember who has the the piece that I read, but they really highlighted uh, the press coverage that Georgia ran because really no other program has a, a talented enough secondary uh, a to hold up in the secondary, like safety wise, but also to play press up against those wide receivers because if you can stall them at the line, you disrupt the stack formations that they have. And that's what Georgia just, and that, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand that when I was watching the game because I'm not smart like that, but I did generally feel like, wow, one team is being so much more aggressive and physical than the other in a way of, it, it did feel like number one, they asked the refs, are you going to call every single holding or like uh, pass interference of the game? Probably not. But also we want this to be even the clean hits, even just like the generic two yard run tackles were very violent in a way of like a, a tone set. And I love a team that is like, I'm going to set a tone and I'm going to be something. And whether you can handle it, that's up to you. And they were all over Hen and Hooker as well, um, as you thought that they might be. How many rushes do you think Setson Bennett had in the game? Oh man, I'm gonna say five. One for thirteen yards. Really? I thought he was all over the place, but I think he was just getting rid of the ball right at the line of scrimmage and scrambling out. But I was just looking at the stats and I just couldn't believe that he only had one recorded rush. Yeah, it's when it's like when he steps up in the pocket, I feel like it's gonna go bad. But when he like scrambles out of the pocket, I'm like, well, this is gonna be a fifty eight yard touchdown every single time. I you know, I wasn't I wanted more from him. Wasn't as impressed with Stetson Bennett, but I think the goal of the day was not for the offense to score a billion points. It was for the defense to teach everybody a lesson. And they did that and kudos. And now, um, in a lot of ways, you know, I don't know, because I, with the uh, college football rankings that came out and TCU, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, joins Georgia in the Final Four, uh, is there anybody that you look at and you think, man, they could really give Georgia some, some trouble? Michigan only. And, but then you just go back to, the, what happened <laughs> in the CFP last year. And it's just like, uh, okay, yeah. nobody then based on that. They can't throw the ball. That's just, I, I, I think if uh, the Big Ten 
got together and they were like, hey, we're going to secretly combine Ohio State and Michigan so that we can run and throw the ball because Ohio State can't run the ball. And then we're going to see if we can beat Georgia. I would be in favor of that because I feel like that's where you're going to need. But I, I don't think – I love TCU. I don't think they have it. I don't think either Ohio State or Michigan have it, even though I did think Ohio State was super talented, but their inability to run the ball consistently, you just can't do I'm that. I'm telling you, they've been weird all year and they've had a couple close games. And like I say, the 11-point Notre Dame game is quote-unquote close, but – They've just had weird games for everybody just liking them so freaking much. I just I, Ohio State, there's just something off. I really think Michigan's going to win in that game. I think I'm with you. The this uh, the 21 seven uh, game this weekend that gave me weird feelings. I didn't like it at all. I still don't like that Michigan. It feels very difficult to throw the ball in the air in this in uh, you know the 21st century that we live in. But um, but if they just punch I, everybody I, in the face every single time, Michigan that is, then they don't need to throw the ball. And trust me, I know they need to throw the ball, especially going into the CFP. But sure, you know, against Ohio State, I think they're going to win just with bully ball. Yeah, they might just sit on their uh, uh, torso and just be like, you can't get up. Um, uh, how are we feeling generally about LSU? Because I think I this is happening much more quickly than I thought it would. And all credit to Brian Kelly, because I just – it's not that I thought he was going to be a bad coach. I thought he was a bad fit. He's always been a good coach. Um, I just didn't believe he'd get a turnaround this quick. So kudos to him and LSU. And a little bit about that is Alabama's not where they're at, but still like uh, an incredible performance and a really great uh, uh, ending to a game to watch. I think it's been really weird that LSU and Brian Kelly kind of turned it on at the same time that Notre Dame did. Cause now, yeah, now everybody's like, like both are like tied together. Like great job, Brian Kelly and great job, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. Disavow, okay? That said, it is pretty interesting what he has done, especially over the last few weeks. LSU really put it to Ole Miss, Mm 45-20. Then they had a close game to Alabama. Uh And now they are, based on our thread and what Andre's saying, like they're in the lead. As long as they went out, they're going to the SEC championship game. Yep, yep. Do you think that the best team to play Georgia in the SEC championship game from a fun game perspective is LSU from the West. Oh gosh. I don't, I don't think so. Who is it then? Is it Ole Miss? I think Georgia would absolutely obliterate Ole Miss. I really don't think it matters. I really don't think think everybody's getting punked. I just, I think the SEC is down this year. I think it's not very good. The fact that Tennessee is where Tennessee is, is it credits Tennessee, but it's also uh, a a demerit to the quality of the SEC. And I think in, in large part, it feels like football across the board is kind of down. NFL, quality of play is not great. College, the quality of play is not great. And, and the traditional programs are, are kind of flagging a little bit, uh, except for Georgia. And Georgia exists as the monolith now. And I, it's the Death Star. And I don't know that anyone knows how to, like, has the blueprint to how to beat it right now. Quality of play might be down in college football, but the entertainment of the games is up. Yes. Is yeah, way, I agree with you. Is way up. And... I'm not going to do, you know, the SEC, it just means more. But like college football, each win and loss matters, Uh especially late in the year, obviously. But I don't know. I don't know if the SEC is down as a whole so much as the SEC West is way, way down. Because the SEC East, it's like Florida got replaced by Tennessee, but Florida's not been good for several years. So it's really just been Georgia over there. Like who else in the East? Kentucky's was about to be almost frisky and then was more frisky last year maybe than this year. So I, I think the East is kind of stable, but the West is so far down. 
It really is. Even Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is having a good year. I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're like, I don't think they were good as, as they were last year. So I think just in general, they're ripe for the picking, which makes it sad because I don't feel like there's another conference, like the other conferences uh, in a different year could uh, take the mantle from them for a few years. But really it's just Ohio State, uh, Michigan, maybe you've got USC or Oregon out West, but it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little disappointed in the quality of the programs, but I think this is kind of what I like now because instead of it always being Alabama, Georgia, um, uh, Clemson and Notre Dame or Ohio State. I like that we might have a TCU in the playoff. I think that's good. I think that's good for the sport. So you might have a freaking um, UCLA in the playoff. That would be very bad. That would be very bad. Why? There's a path to it, and it's chip. There might be a Bo Nix in the playoff, and I don't know. I don't know what to make of that because trust me, every night before I go to bed, I look in the mirror and I'm like. Was I wrong about Bo Nix no. or was Bo Nix wrong about me? No. You know? I saw a couple Bo Nix redemption stories and it's just like ever yeah. since getting punched in the mouth by Georgia, Bo Nix has been having an incredible season. And like numbers wise, he like actually has. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I just don't believe in that in that gentleman. I know. It's East Coast Southern bias. I, I accept that and I know that. But I just I've seen too much. I know too many things about Bo Nix. You know, I, I think fundamentally we're talking about entertainment value with sports and specifically football let's transition here because there is another entertainment aspect uh to a uh pop cultural institution uh the great british bake-off and you uh, brought this to my attention but there uh, talk a little bit about the cast because the cast features a lot of people that i think are a perfect fit for the uh, format of the british bake-off yeah so the great american baking show yes does a holiday edition and they usually bring in celebrities I think it airs on ABC. I don't know. I ended up finding it on Netflix or wherever we end up finding it. But the trailer for this one is very interesting because Darcy Carden, who we love from Barry and various Mm -hmm. other things, is on there. Ellie Kemper is one of the comedian host situations. It is Paul Hollywood and Prue as as the judges. But there is one individual that needs to be signed. And I've got a couple of ideas for you of where this person needs to be signed. But Marshawn Lynch is going to be on the great American baking show. And he just goes up against Paul Hollywood in the trailer. And it's just amazing. Do you think Paul Hollywood has any idea who Marshawn Lynch is? I definitely do not think he knows who he is. And I definitely do not think that he knew what he was getting into when he heard an ex-NFL running back was coming on the show. Listen, and the I think what people don't understand – about Marshawn Lynch is that uh, I want to say he has his master's from Cal in I don't I don't know if it's like uh, sociology, but it, it, he's not stupid. No, he's okay. Not. I think people will uh, have a certain kind of interpretation of Marshawn Lynch. And uh, when I I don't know if I posted it somewhere, but he did the interview. I think it was on ESPN where he dropped like two expletives yeah. like in succession. <laughs> Pretty much all interviews. Like he he's a very sure. smart man, but he does like to swear on live TV. Yeah, so it's like I really like the persona he's crafted for himself. Um, but I also think he—I I think he's smart like a fox because I think he knows what he's doing. And I think whoever's rep- repping him, if it's himself, he's putting himself in smart situations like uh, uh, this holiday edition. Because I—I I can't think of anything more humanized. I, I love nailed it. I'm a big fan of nailed it. I can't think of anything more humanizing to a famous person than watching them be terrible at baking. Jobs. Yes, the Dairy Girls were on this same kind of setup. Um, did, yes. Did you watch that right. one? Oh my gosh. No, I didn't. It was I didn't, freaking. But I know Jamie liked it. Yes. Great American baking show holiday edition or whatever. It was freaking hilarious. Like absolutely hilarious. See this, I'm, I'm so um, interested in this because 
I want, like, I love Chloe Feynman. I think she's going to be great. I'm really interested to see Ellie Kemper and Zach Cherry as the, because we have Goth and Egg on the regular one. I like um, Goth. I, wanna, I like Goth for the record. I, yes, yes, I agree with you. So I want to see, is the format the problem? Are they able to make something successful out of this? Or is the issue that you have the two judges who don't really interact and then two um, other hosts who are always having to be weird in the margins. So this will be this will be helpful for me. This will be a taste test of sorts, pun intended. Speaking of entertainment, I, I had a conversation with my son in the car the other day because we're in the car all the time because of birds and bees related. And Where's this headed? Nope. Okay, already done that one. But uh, he had an idea for an NFL rule all right. change, and I want R- to pitch Rose it rules? to you. This is Rose rules. Yes, this is what this is what he was thinking about because we were talking about Madden and we were comparing. Older versions versus new versions, and the older versions, the gameplay was better, but the graphics were terrible. Now the consensus is the gameplay is terrible, but the graphics are incredible, right? So you know, uh, uh, it's the worst of both worlds, I guess. But what he was saying is they they tend to call a lot of holding and a lot of roughing the passer, roughing the kicker penalties. So he was like, I wish we could just turn that off. And I was like, I always used to turn, I, cause I did, I would turn off roughing <laughs> the punter and, uh, and passer because like holding, you'll get me. That's when I'm, I'm just a boat racing the computer. And I know that's, they're trying to hold me down. I get that. Like I'm too good or whatever, but, um, but hold on. Like, I want to live in the world. I understand why you left that one on. That's a call for you. So you, you, you yeah. just clarified that I turned off calls against me, but left on calls for me. Yeah, no, I, I, they would get me on the holding. Right. They would be like, we're going to penalize you. We're going to set your offense back because you're smoking too hot. You know, you're just too good. But I'm like, I, I'm not sitting in a world where I can't hit a digital punter or passer after the pass or kick. I'm just not I'm just not living in that world. You know what I mean? This is my world. This is my iteration of the simulation. That's what I want to do. So we start talking about what if you decriminalize roughing the kicker and punters? What if you just made it to where you can rough the, the kicker and the punter? And I think generally football seems to reward versatility, you know, like teams that are deep coaches that are strategically nimble players that are versatile. These are core values. Like the whole thing of Gronk was, he's a great receiver. Yes, but he's also an incredible blocker. Do you know what I mean? And they want to reward teams who can adapt to their situations. And I think the problem with baseball right now is that it's become so specialized. There's 15 guys who can throw hundred miles an hour and you can bring them in to, to face this guy because one time in AAU ball, like he hit a hanging curveball, so you got to match him up or whatever. And it, and it's it's just so clinical, and it's 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 kind of hard to watch at this point. So I like how football a few years ago they leveraged variability, you know, with the point after because it it become automatic, right? And that's, I think that was Bill Belichick. Uh, I think he presented the idea like let's move it back because if it's ninety nine point nine percent of the time uh, successful. What's the point of having it? Let's uh, let's either get rid of it or add some degree of, of, of variance to it. And I think the net effect of that is we now get some more entertaining games because people are going for two more or they are forced into weird decisions because of a miss, a previous missed point after attempt. So I think we uh, introduce variability by letting punters just get outright destroyed. And I think that the unintended consequence of that is you're gonna have to choose. I can have a like a burly kicker, like a sturdy kicker, you know? who can take a hit and maybe not as good at kicking, but I know that he can take a hit or you can go with the frail guys that we've been getting and know that they're good at kicking, but they might be taken out of the game at any point. And know that you need to have like seven of them on your roster. Cause you're going to lose three to four every game. You only get one kicker on the roster, <laughs> one kicker. now. <laughs> I really like this rule. Um, but I think another version of this is that uh, another reason that this could work is that you can keep your same kicker, but he might have to do that like old Louisville run out to the side and like 
kick it, squib kick it situation, which I don't understand yeah. why more teams don't do that. Because once that ball starts bouncing, crazy things happen. And why yeah. why would you not get it? I don't literally mean get it on the ground sooner, but let it let the ground be involved with this oblong shaped ball that can go various directions and accidentally bump, you know, bump into the receiving team. Let's see what happens. I don't mind that. I think if we go a step further, I think you could do something like, uh, because I, th- I think what I'm getting allergic to is the specialization of it, of just like, this is a guy who doesn't wear pads. He weighs 112 pounds, but he has massive foot speed. And that's why he's in this game. I think maybe each kicker uh, or punter, they have to play one defensive snap in each quarter. Like they have to be also on the field, not in a kicking situation. You know what I mean? Or like a wide like receiver when there's like a wildcat and then the quarterback goes out to wide receiver and then just st- exactly. stands there. Jay Cutler was but see, the it best has to be defense that. because on offense, right, right. you can just like kneel it, but on defense, like you can get targeted. And I think I, I like the days of it was this guy who played quarterback and then he also kicks and then sometimes he would play defensive end. You know, not that I think. Uh, Were you alive during those days or are you just like thinking about them? No, I, I I like the idea that you have to be able to do more than one little skill set. You have to be more versatile. And I think that would make uh, some of these games more entertaining because I, I think it's so much seems to be hinging on the punting game and uh, field goals right now. And it's very underwhelming. I think we talked about that maybe a few months ago of just like you either feel relief because the kick went in or you just feel devastated because the kick was missed. And it's like... I, let's do something else. Let's do something interesting with this opportunity. I love it. I love. So, are you in favor? Will you will you vote with this? Oh yeah, because here's my thing: the quarterback and all the rules around the quarterback is obviously because of the big money, and nobody wants the backups playing. I get it. I get it. Right. But even with the quarterback, you can hit the quarterback right after they release the ball. That's right. And you're probably going to get called for something, but that's just to protect them, right? You cannot touch the punter unless he's got the ball in his hands or on his foot the second it leaves. So I think we need to go to like some kind of hybrid rule because when, when there's just a punter that just gets demolished because he still has the ball and it's a legal hit, that always creates the chaos that you're wanting to add back. Exactly. I think we have like some kind of a rule where it's just like, as soon as it comes off the foot, but until it hits the ground or is caught. Oh, okay. You can still hit the kicker. So the kicker kicks and then is running for his life. And someone's like, I've got time. It's still in the air. You know how the NBA now has the, like, you can't step under a jump shooter? Yeah. I want there yeah. to be a rule that you get some kind of reward. If you can get your guy under the kicker's, like, landing foot after that they, after they kick. I love it. I think that's incredible. And I like the idea of, like, we're not even going for the block. We're going for the murder. We're going for the kicker murder and take him out of the game immediately. Or you got people that like start good. diving on their backs backwards to try to like catch <laughs> the punter while they're in the air. Because now, See, you, I, now you're altering the punt. Like now you're going to have flat-footed punters, punters that don't go up. That's what I'm talking about. And that so that what does that mean? Now we're ba- we're bouncing on the floor or we're bouncing on the ground again. It just in sports, I think we have to get a consistent handle on. In tennis and golf, we can't speak while this person is trying to do something. In football. You fans can go nuts and the players can go nuts, but you can't touch the guy. I just feel like we have to get, I would be in favor of in tennis. You can be uh, hostile and you can heckle in golf. You can be hostile and heckle. Like, why do they have to be concentrated? Please, please know on both of those, just because it would get so freaking annoying. But I, yeah, I understand that that'd be fun. I think we can have tournaments where that happens, but not like all of the time. Okay. okay. There's no yeah. point to yell Pacific mashed places. potatoes when somebody hits a, a, a drive. Like it just drives me nuts. 
No, no, there's not. I agree with you. But if there's one tournament a year, like, and it has to rotate, it's well, like, well, it's kind of, it's kind of the waste management year. in Phoenix, but, uh, see, and that's what I like about okay, it. So I don't know. Can, man. can I pitch you a rose rule? Of course. Okay. I want a top bar on the field goal posts. I want it to be a, okay. Yeah. I want it to be shorter and be a square. You have to hit it in that target. God, such a good idea because like it's not impressive that you can go 50 billion yards above the uprights. You have to really thread the needle. Here. You've got to barely it. get it over the bottom post. Like every time this is going to be like a, I don't know how wide it is now. Is it 10 yards? Maybe. I don't know. No, literally no idea. <laughs> you could say anything. However wide it is, is, is also how tall it should be. And then it's a, and then it's, and then it's an enclosed structure so that you can't just boot this thing from 33 yards and it just goes right through the middle, way up high. Now you got, you got yeah. it. You got to have variable power now. And you're running for your life as soon as you kick it because you might get murdered. <laughs> yeah. What are we, do- I love this. what are we going to do about holders? <laughs> I feel like holders are going to get absolutely murdered. I love this. Maybe make the kicker hold their own ball. Maybe they can <laughs> punt it through the uprights. I don't know. I'm just, there's I'm only the, there's only the Doug right Flutie drop kick two point thing. Yes, please. It's just so boring. I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, okay. Let's go. Uh, let's start over under tier. We got a couple we want to get through here. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, we're halfway through uh, the NFL season. So uh, obviously there's always a playoff picture. And I feel like this one feels, you know, more realistic now, a little more closer to concrete. So I wanted to ask of the current playoff pictures for both conferences, where we have uh, seven teams committed to making the playoffs if the season ends today. So of the current teams in the playoff picture, um, how many of these teams will actually fall out of the playoffs by the end of the year? I set the number at two and a half. Let me go over really quickly in each conference. In the AFC, you've got Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans as the uh, divisional winners, and then uh, Jets, Dolphins, Chargers. And then in the NFC, you've got Eagles, Vikings, Seahawks, Buccaneers as the division winners, and Cowboys, Giants, 49ers as the wild cards. So I'm going to definitely take the over. Now, I'm okay. going to try to name them. I don't have to name who's coming to replace them, right? I just No, okay. you don't. So if you want to, you can do that. It's a free country. I'm not going to keep you from that. I appreciate that. That makes me feel very empowered, and I love yeah. I love that about you. And for us, I don't know. What Thank to- you for thanking me. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the Chargers. That's my number one. God, I hate the Chargers so much. And then the number two is the forty. My number two and three is the Forty ers and the Bucks. If the Forty ers and the Bucks are not in the playoffs, I would not bat an eye. I could definitely see that happening. I think the Forty ers are a team that could go on a winning streak. I do not know if the Buccaneers can, but again, never bet against tom brady but maybe this year i think for the afc bills chiefs ravens titans titans because of the terrible division lock those in i think Mm -hmm. dolphins are going to be fine the fact that there's three afc east teams in here and one of them is not the patriots is very weird like for all three three out of the four to make it and the one that didn't make it is the patriots i could probably see the patriots getting their crap together and replacing the Chargers, and then the Jets. I don't know. They may they may have used their mojo, man. They like they've been playing hard and all that, but I think that team has a ceiling outside of Sauce Gardner. I think they're about to make a quarterback change. Is Mike White still on the team? I, I don't know him. I know White Mike. <laughs> I think White Mike is in the building and he's ready to take the call. Because if they can just get competent quarterback play, I think they can make the playoffs. Because they're, the, they're they're six and three right now. They're six and three, man. That's crazy. Is that from Joe Flacco? Maybe. Joe Flacco got demoted to three, and now because they made space for White Mike, usually, and usually when they're like, "Hey, by the way, 
it's like Chekhov's quarterback change, you know, like, Hey, white Mike is now number two, just so you know, so that two weeks later, they're like, Oh, white Mike, he is number two. He's the starter. Now I I'm with you. I just, I can see the chargers getting in, but I just hate the chargers. I think I picked them to go to the super bowl, but they just feel like the person who's always late to like a function. They're always going to show up late and they're always just going to like make you upset at the situation. I think the Bengals get in um, so that you're going to sub somebody out, but in the AFC, I don't know who else. Um, I love that the Colts, the Colts are in 10th position right now in in total organizational disarray, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but I think that in the AFC, that's when you got some uh, space to wiggle because uh, man, it is, it's pretty dire, but I don't, uh, Actually, I don't think there's any wiggle. I think actually the NFC might be locked in at this I point. I think the NFC is more locked in. It just depends on what the Buccaneers get going for the rest of the season. And I think it's what the 49ers get going for the rest of the season. The fact that there's three NFC East teams currently in the playoffs, and I like keeping all three of them in the playoffs. That's the yeah. Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. That scares me, of course. But I kind of really like all three teams to make the playoffs. Yeah. The only uh, wiggle room is if the Falcons can overtake the Bucks for the South. And that feels like a weird thing coming out of my, out of my mouth. But Green I, Bay I mean, is done. The Bears are playing yeah. really fun and well with Justin Fields. He's having an, an incredible all of a sudden. But I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. Lions, love them, play hard. They're not making the playoffs. Like you just go around. I mean, these are all teams with like six losses already. Yeah, the NFC through, you know, West is just, I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals and the Rams at this point. Speaking of quarterback changes, Honestly, I think that McVay was like, hey, Matthew, see, I did it correctly, so I don't have to edit myself this job. time. Yeah. Matthew, you have a concussion, okay? Yep. And it's going to be two or three weeks or maybe next year before you're back. Correct, Matthew? Yeah. And he's like, okay, coach. <laughs> also, Matthew, I should have taken that Amazon job and the $50 billion <laughs> they offered me. And I don't know. Oh, that's what, what I was going to say about Marshawn Lynch earlier. He needs to be on Amazon. He needs to be God. on some streamer. Netflix needs to pay him a bunch of money to do like um, what uh, David Letterman's doing. My yep. next guest or whatever. But it needs to be Marshawn yes. Lynch. And then Marshawn Lynch just, it's like uh, Peyton's place. And he just hangs out with people for the day. Are you telling me you're not okay. watching that? I love that. What about this? Because, uh, you know, I've been watching the Manning cast and... There's so much slack in the Manning cast that it sometimes makes me uncomfortable. Of just like, what do you mean slack? Prolonged silence. Oh, I love just it. Like, I love it. I I like the entertainment value of it, but with someone who tries to do some production with their job, it just makes me crazy because I can see the guest wriggling. And being oh, like, when there's a why guest, am I not yeah, being yeah, 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 yeah. And why are you not? Why am I not talking? So I like that. I think just give Marshawn a, a camera, a camera guy, and a microphone, and just be like, we need you. He, and we need you in this municipality. It's just Marshawn on the street. Your, just go, just do your thing. I don't care who you talk to, but just like keep the efforts to a minimum and just turn it in on time. Oh my please. gosh. Pair Billy Eichner with Marshawn Lynch, a couple oh of cameras, gosh. let them go to a city where there's a festival, a city where there's a sports game, let them go to the world cup. I don't think that's going to work out, but uh, you know, just yeah. wherever they need to go and just be amazing on the street people. That'd be incredible. I love it. I love it. Why are we not doing this? Why are we not in charge of studios? Jason, I just, I don't understand it. Um, someone else who's in charge, this is our second over under. How many wins will the Colts get under the new Jeff Saturday regime? Which I don't know if, you know, obviously you're dialed in because you live there, but um, I don't know if people, if you're not like a super fan of the NFL or of the Colts, I don't know if you're dialed into how strange it is that the Colts 
barely have any functional coaches anymore and have opted for a person with coaching experience just being limited to high school. So they have eight more games. I'm asking you, how many more wins? I've set the over uh, under at one and a half. What are you taking? I'm taking the over just because of the division. And I think that they're going to wow. they'll get one frisky win at some point, and they'll get one nonsense win at some point. But the bigger story here is if he gets those two wins, what's that really mean? But how did this happen? Like, genuinely, how did this okay, happen? Do you want me to vaguely speculate, or do you want me to tell you the probable answer, which is Ursay Coke line? No, I don't think he did drugs. I think he made a decision that he likes, and I don't think Ballard was involved. I don't think drugs, <laughs> allegedly from you, I don't think drugs were involved. I know that that's kind of the- in this decision. In this decision. I know it's kind of like the joke the whole time. Here's my thing. John Fox is on the roster. I mean, the coaching staff, not the roster. Yes. And, the, and Gus Bradley is too. Is yeah. this some kind of thing where it's like, hey, I'm going to give a check to Jeff Saturday, who was already a consultant, I guess, with the Colts or whatever his role was. And then I'm not going to burn any bridges with other people. And that's going to make me look good for other head coaching candidates. Mm. Because Reggie Wayne is also on the coaching staff. But why wouldn't you just yes. burn? John Fox is probably not going to be a head coach in the NFL. Just have him be the interim. Gus Bradley probably will and wants to be a head coach in the NFL again. Reggie, yes, Reggie Wayne probably doesn't want to be an interim coach with this crappy team because it's not going to look good. So I think that that's what led to Saturday. But it is still a very weird situation. If you love Jeff Saturday, that's wonderful. I happen to really like him. But this is this is very strange. Okay. Uh, my rationale is, um, again, I'm going to go drugs allegedly <laughs> just because for a guy who was pulled over with a briefcase full of drugs, like it was like, you know how old timey doctors would have bags with all their medical instruments. That was him. Except it was drugs. Yeah. But it you don't drugs. know if an old timey doctor wasn't in the back seat. Fair. You didn't read the point. whole police report. Yeah. I know that, that, uh, uh, suitcase was not full of stethoscopes though. I know <laughs> it was, uh, eight balls and the like, but, um, I, my theory is. With every like rich and famous uh, and powerful uh, uh, authority, I think th- they always have a moment of uh, Justin Timberlake in Social Network, where they're like, "You know what's better than a million dollars, a billion dollars?" But then also just take the the off Facebook. And I feel like th- th- hiring Jeff Saturday is Robert Ursay doing. What if you took the the off Facebook? And, J- and Jim Ursay, he he's redefined. I'm sorry. <laughs> Robert's getting a text message. Robert's still alive and pulling strings. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? I think this is a, our season's after anyway. I might as well like try the old Ted Lasso and see what happens. I got to tell you, I don't know how this team is this bad. I couldn't really. I don't either. I don't understand. I can't imagine. I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor's been hurt quite a bit, but I think that they quit on Frank Reich at some point. And I just never really saw that coming. And I think he's a good coach. I've said that all along. Obviously not. The results are what the results are. But this this entire situation is so freaking weird. I get the billionaire situation that you're talking about. I just I can't think of any other situation. Maybe Steve Nash getting the job, but we've seen Jason Kidd get jobs, you know, right off right out of the gate. A lot of other guys, you know, Chauncey Billups get a job straight from ESPN. You know, like there's just I don't know, man. This is just so freaking weird, and I'm actually extremely excited for it. I like. I, I don't think it's a good idea, but I also don't want to be so demonstrative about how much I hate it that it makes you it makes people not try to take risks. Because I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to work out, but 
if if it's I'm going to put the fossil that is John Fox in charge, or I'm going to try Jeff Saturday. Why not try Jeff Saturday? It's not like you're doing. You're anything. leasing you're Jeff anywhere. Saturday, though. I don't think that yeah. this is a tryout. That's my take on it. Is that I don't Even I don't think that this is like, hey Jeff, if you do a good job this year, you're our guy long term. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jeff Saturday wants it to be a John Lynch situation where he's like, this was fun. I had some experience. Now I can help you make decisions. Yes. And Chris Ballard, uh, like, don't let the door hit you. But it reminds me of their, uh, in, in Roman history, there was always this like clause in uh, like their uh, government where if something really like crazy happened, the two consuls who were in charge of the whole thing, they could appoint a dictator and uh, he would come in, deal with the problem and then give power back. And I like applying this to the NFL. And I think that uh, the day before the first game of the year, every team should have to draft an interim person who cannot have had any head coaching experience in football, cannot have been associated with the organization. They have, they're, they're just full-blown Ted Lasso, okay? And they have to draft that person. And if something happens to the coach, they're incapacitated or they get fired, this person takes over for the rest of the year. I love this so much. I don't know about the, like, the full-on Ted Lasso of it all. I just like naming a, uh, an interim uh-huh. So then now the owner, the GM, whoever has to say, if something happens this year and I'm getting rid of this coach, we already know who is going to come in. That's right. There's no like, because I think in a but lot of ways. What if it's the OC? Now I'm kind of back to your idea, idea because the Colts fired their OC two weeks ago and then last week fired or well, uh, last, I don't know, whatever the timeline is, but they fired their OC yeah. and then a week later fired their head coach. So what if that guy was named the interim? Do you need an entire list? No, see, that, though, see, can't. Those he can't, right? Because he has coaching experience. He's on the roster. I, and see, I think you're getting to the, the point of it, which is uh, Frank Reich fires his OC because if I get rid of the OC, they don't have someone to replace me, logically. Yeah. We, so I can we, hang on for a little bit. We said that last week. It's like, okay, the yellow tape's up. The body's been outlined. Yeah. We're just waiting for him to lay There's down. The, well, it's like the NBA GM who trades 15 future first round picks to try to save his job right now. That's not good for the health of the organization. So instead of all the posturing, it's just, Hey, um, if Robert Sala gets COVID or gets fired, Pete Davidson's taking over the jets for the rest of the year. And I know that, and you know that, and we're just in this together or Darius Rucker, Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, he's taking over the Dolphins. Okay. I really like the idea that like Hootie's got a tour going or Pete's got filming. And so now the, yeah. the, the jets owner has to be like, I'm going to disrupt that too. Like, yeah, I'm going to fire my guy and here comes Pete and he has to contractually. But now like we have entertainment being disrupted. We've got people with Hootie and the Blowfish tickets for concerts that are now affected right. by this. They're like, they wanted to hear Wagon Wheel in West Virginia and they thought it'd be fun because <laughs> it's part of the song. But now he has to coach the Dolphins and that's a ripple effect. And I just, I'm sorry. I just think that's very fascinating and very Who is your number one interim head coach and why is it The Rock? Well, see, here's the thing. I think the fun part would be all of this stupid uh, talking head melodrama of like, uh, yeah, The Rock is very inspirational. Okay. He's going to inspire the guys. He's going to inspire the troops, Steven. Uh, but uh, do you know who the actual guy is? The guy who plays a lot of Madden and secretly he knows a lot about football, Kenny Chesney. He's out there. He's in the mix. <laughs> Peyton's vouched for him. I'm hearing a lot of buzz that the Colts are thinking about drafting him second overall in tomorrow night's uh, interim dictator draft. Oh, my what do you gosh. Think? I think this would be great. I would love. I would I would absorb every single bit of this content. I want it to be Ryan Reynolds. I think that would be the number one I would watch. Gosh. And like we the get sarca- we get Mel sarcasm. and Todd. This gives them to do something, you know, at the beginning of the year where we get Mel's big board of like Ryan Ryan Reynolds. 
Uh, and Rob McElhaney, they rescued Wrexham. You know, maybe they could do it for another organization. Who knows? I'm hearing buzz that the Browns are really thinking about them, blah, blah, blah. It's just, come on, we could do this. We could do this. Like this would make the world so much better. I don't know. Um, okay, let's do, uh, let's wrap up here and go cameo close to the, what? No, do, uh, do you want to talk Survivor for a second? Did you watch last night's episode? I did. Okay. Um, do I, I, We talked a lot about Gabler uh, last week. Did feel like he was a little sidelined this week. So some of the Gabler heat is off. Uh, if you had to designate a heat check person, I think I know who it is. Who do you think the heat check person is? Uh, like the person who has the conch, who is kind of in, ch- not like overtly in charge, but you think is kind of subtly in control. It's the, the person I said last week, Sammy. <sighs> I, I don't understand why you continue to be wrong about this. You continue to be so wrong about this. Sammy caused all the chaos in a good way without getting himself in trouble at all. But I don't, I think Sammy talks a game about like breaking the wheel and upsetting the apple cart, but he doesn't have the stones to like do it. You know, it didn't, it didn't flip. We can agree on that. The vote did not flip how he wanted to do the seven and the four, but Gabler definitely went to the background. I don't understand why, like, wasn't this a perfect time to get rid of Gabler? But Gabler seems like the ultimate, what do we call him? The goat or the donkey to bring, to bring with you to the the end. Like at this point, that guy's not winning. So just bring him with you. Because once he starts he talking, he, like to state his case, he's going to lose everybody. No, once he starts playing for Oklahoma or Nebraska or Idaho again, and just be like, oh, "What's happening here? They don't have any votes." I, he's giving me real, um, you know, the old man in Home Alone who they think is an axe murderer, but actually just has like had a falling out with his son, and Kevin like levels with him at church. He's giving me vibes of that guy. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Of like a good dude, but I don't know. He's a good dude. He's very confusing. Probably don't want to spend time with him. Carries a knife, but that's just because he's going to cook a pie for somebody and cut it up. You know, it's just like. He just high stepping in the water, you know, your, with his uh, tidy whities on. Who's your and person? The, that thing bulging. <laughs> I just, I, I hate those cinematic action shots. Like, what are we doing, Survivor? Why you got to? It's Jesse. Jesse's running the game. No, he's right not. Now. It's all Jesse. It's all it's it's uh, tr- Jesse's all the way down, baby. I think he's running it. I do. I like the move that he made with Dwight. Not seeing that last week and seeing that this week, I think was a yeah. great edit by the Survivor editors. Oh gosh, so good. So because good. we knew things were getting passed around, but we didn't know that they got passed around a second time. Several of them. Yeah, and the fact it went into Dwight's crotch, <laughs> and we didn't know it came out of Dwight's crotch, but it did. with permission from Janine. By the way, you may put that in your crotch. Man, wow. What a what a tangled web of conversations uh, to unfold for my kids. I'm not saying that Jesse isn't pulling the strings. I'm saying that Sammy took swings that he got away with. And I think sure. that that's um I think that's something to be I don't want to say rewarded, but something to keep an eye on. Yes, I think he is um he has the instinct but I don't think life has sanded off the edges of him yet. You know, he, it, there's just, there's part of him. I can't put my finger on, but it feels like the guy, you know, everyone has the friend who always has mustard on their shirt, no matter what, like we didn't even eat mustard. Why is there mustard on your shirt? There's just a messiness to him. Like, but I haven't seen the messiness yet. I, I, I get, I get the analogy. I really do. And I'm not arguing it. I just haven't seen it yet. It, it might be there, but that might be me being newer to Survivor. Mm. It's just like Jesse's been too quiet and like not that involved, right? Like I don't like his edit, as you always have talked about, because I've always listened to your recaps, but not always watched the show. And that edit seems pretty important because Mary Ann got quite an edit from the beginning, right? 
Yeah, it it did. Hers escalated at the end, like it really accelerated. So there's still that option. But at the, he always seems like he's at the pivot point of the decision. And the thing I like about him is he, you always like, it's always um, a red flag when someone says, I'm running the game now. I'm the godfather. I'm making all the calls. He's never doing that. And in any kind of conversation, he always says, what do you want to do? Right? Like he's, it, it's always a Socratic thing. Like Jesse, where, who you want to vote? You know, I'm not sure yet. What are you thinking about it? So he always kind of absorbs people and he doesn't turn anybody off. I do know definitively that I think Ryan's the most annoying player I've ever seen on this show. I don't agree. I think he's going to go home, but I don't think he's that annoying. There, okay, on a scale of annoyance, one to ten, where are you at with him? Zero. Oh my gosh, I'm not annoyed oh with gosh, him. I'm annoyed with them being annoyed with him. I, he's I, not good guy, at playing Survivor. He's not going to win. Uh, the The neediness to be affirmed and acknowledged. They keep is... they keep doing it proactively. I don't I don't agree with this take. They're doing it proactively. They're be, they're being like, oh my gosh, Ryan, thanks for fishing. How many did you get today? And he's like, twenty one. And then everybody's like, Ryan, stop bragging about your number. It's like somebody I don't somebody asked him. Yes, I there's a um there's a need, there's a need for attention with Ryan and uh some of the other games that he ran at the uh, earlier in the season that didn't pan out. I I just I don't I don't appreciate what I, he seems maybe it's a personal thing too because he feels like he would be a drag on emotional resources if I had to I, deal with that guy. I, you and I are not seeing him the same way. I would love for him to be on my team. On a, See, I liked him early on, like the first two episodes, but then um, it, it's almost like uh, he thinks he's lost more than he is. That's how I feel about James. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I I agree with you on James. I love James. By the way, I got to tell um, you real quick. As soon as you said that thing about Sammy, I- I'm off Sammy now. I'm on Jesse. You're right. His talking heads have been messy. I haven't seen him do too much messy like with the people. He's taking some swings that he hasn't gotten in trouble f- for yet. But here's the other thing about Sammy. We've not seen any edits of home life that I can remember. No, and true. with Jesse, we have. So I am just officially, we're not agreeing with, on Ryan and James because you've liked James and, and maybe you're starting to switch a little bit. I think James is getting a little messy. The comment to yes, Gabler, right. he, you know, that or the comment to Owen was just a messy move. You're, you're protected. You're fine. Go ahead. Step up. Like that was a messy move in my opinion. Yeah. The lady doth protest too much. Yeah. My Sammy guy. doesn't do stuff, do stuff like that, guy. but his talking heads have been bad. I'm now on Jesse, but we do not Sammy agree is, on Ryan. He, he was the root of the Gabler issue because he told Gabler they went through his bag, which led to Elsie getting Ellie, Elsie getting voted off and them losing majority and them being on the bot. So, but that's like, my that point, point with Sammy. He didn't plan. get in trouble for that, even though he's the one that no, didn't spoiled it. No, he didn't. But yeah, we just, we don't see eye to eye on Ryan. Ryan is, uh, I just, I, I don't need him. I don't need him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play uh, the game with him. Uh, you know, I, uh, but I think to, to what we were talking about, to pin it back to the kicking uh, rule change we were talking about, the ability to add the variable of knowledge is power in that show and not, I think where other reality shows like the, the Bachelor will overstep or coddle like a, like a dramatic twist, Survivor's just like, here's this thing that someone has. What's going to happen when we introduce this? Because just by the fact of James having it, freaked everybody out to the point where Janine double gives away her idol, which she Wild. thinks is gone, and now it's in Jesse's hand. Yeah. And, and he is in such a powerful position because nobody knows that. And I just, I love that they have the confidence to let the game be the game instead of overproducing the game, you know? Can, can I accidentally overproduce the game real quick? Please. Can we have a season, and I don't know if this is what All-Stars does, but can we have a season where it's like duos or something? 
Yeah, they've done that. They've really not gone back to that in a while because they used to do. Are like those a, any good? I mean, because on the challenge show that I love, sometimes it'll be individuals. Sometimes it'll be huge teams like 50 50. Sometimes it'll be three teams. Sometimes it'll just be duos. And I like that there's that variance because this game of Survivor, I think, would be very interesting if Ryan and James were really attached. If Gabler and Sammy were really attached. If Owen and, and Sammy, whoever, like whatever the duos were. And you can talk about it. Do they end up switching over time or whatever? But like everybody can freelance. And like that's what's kind of really interesting about Survivor is that you can switch teams pretty quickly with a couple of conversations. Yeah, with no real blowback like there used to be in in the early seasons. You know, uh, several years ago they did. I don't know what it was called. It was like a loved ones season where like you went with your sister, brother, mother, father, spouse. And, uh, I think that was the start of the Tyson legend because I think his wife or girlfriend got voted off first. So he went apocalyptic and just destroyed everybody. You can vote out one of the pair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So it's still an individual game. Yes. Yeah. It fundamentally is an individual game, but you're playing with like your wife. Right. And it led to one daughter voting her mom out, you know, and like crying. Like it was really good. I might need to go watch that that season. I, I'll need to find out uh, which one it is, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would be up for some kind of uh, uh, some kind of connection like that. I think it would be good. Um, okay, let's wrap up here. Came up closest to the pin. Um, I have found. You know, we talked a lot about the Colts and their institutional chaos. So I've found former general manager Bill Polian available on Cameo. Um, we are now uh, just to be official. Uh, we're back to zero because. One of us, I won't name names, did reach the vaunted 10-point mark. Um, it was Andre. So, yep, it was Andre in absentia. Um, so we're back to zero, starting fresh. How are you feeling? Where's your head at right now? I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going into this segment with just stoicness. Okay, yeah. I have no, You're I've, like out of sight, out of mind. I have no we're clue if I'm going to win or lose. I'm just going to try to have a great time. Because I would say that in the last phase, you overthought. Probably that was your downfall. I overthought. Just thought way too I much about it. I lost confidence. I manufactured yeah. confidence. None of it. None of it worked. Yeah, you were you were basically doing like you were in a suit drinking hot milk in San Francisco, and like milk was a bad choice, and you just didn't know where you. I were. mean, I be like very you, clear. You I don't see the prices until after I guess, and you see the prices before you guess. But outside of that, like I'm going to give it my all this time, but I'm not going to be too high or out, too low. Hurt people, hurt people, and that's okay. I receive you and I accept you for who you are. Um, so, Bill Polian. I have my guess. So do I. And again, we're guessing the the generic cameo price, but also their business price. Yep. Reveal prices. I'm at two fifty for his person or for the, the generic, and then five thousand for his business. I'm at one thousand one hundred and one thousand. One hundred and one thousand. Let me fake scroll and just keep my eyes on the screen. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you accuse me of cheating? When you hit both exactly. No, I did not. 100 personalized video, business video, $1,000. Holy cow. I'm back, baby. Everything I said about Stoic is out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's incredible. That's incredible. I will choose to take the high road and not accuse you of suspicious things because I think you You already how dared me. No, 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 no. I think, I think you did great. I'm proud of you. I don't remember what's, what's the business video. Five points. it's worth five. Okay. <laughs> is it two? 
I think we did say it was more than one. I think I have three. I think it's one. You get one for the personalized and then two for the business. If you hit it exact, and that's the only way to score. Yeah. So I've got three a now. Three, a a three-point lead. This feels a like a trap. Lead. I've never been on Cameo, so now I'm starting to think, okay, so you want to, okay, now I've lost all the stoicness because I just hit two yeah. things directly. Right. I think that you just said false numbers. Okay. So that now I go back into my web of craziness in my own mind. I listen, I love watching you descend into conspiratorial uh, rabbit hole. I think that's great. Um, you'll just have to go to Cameo to find it for yourself. I, I love you and I trust you. I don't know if I really just got both those numbers correct or not. Here's the thing. Maybe I just wanted you to get, maybe I wanted the dread of like, what if I blow this lead? <laughs> it's such a fast start. What if I fumble this away? What if I show up next week and he gets one and the next week he gets another one? And then we're Now even. I'm right back to Are being very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, regardless, for the first ever direct hit uh, on, on both scores. Wow. Um, very well done. Very well done. I think, look, that's only, it's only right because Notre Dame is the best team, college football team in the country. You're the best cameo close to the pin player in the country. It just feels right. No, no comment. It just feels Absolutely good. no comment. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Over Under Achievers. Before you go, please remember to follow the show on Twitter at OU Achievers and on Instagram at Over Under Achievers. Also, if you want to spread the word, you can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review. But the best thing you can do, word of mouth, tell someone you love, someone you like, that you enjoy our show. As always, I'm Noxie Jason. We will see you next time.